Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today on the podcast, we will be breaking down the Monday night slate of DFS college basketball that is taking place on DraftKings. We've got ourselves a three-game slate featuring Kansas at Baylor, New Mexico at Nevada, and Duke at Virginia Tech. Three pretty tasty games going on on Monday night. So uh, we're going to break it down, talk about options at every price range that we want to get into or out of our lineups for Monday. Sitting here recording this late on a Sunday night, hoping to get this out to you guys a little bit earlier. Um, Just the way it worked out with my schedule was easier to record here at night than in the morning so you know the NFL playoffs just finished up uh, and now I'm sitting here recording also I want to welcome any new listeners um, we are now available on Apple Podcasts as well as iHeartRadio and then maybe by the time you're listening to this Google Podcasts as well we have gotten the podcast added to those three services so if you prefer to listen on any of those services and you've been listening on Spotify um, you can go ahead and head on over there um, you know and if you've rated and reviewed it on Spotify you can rate it review it and subscribe to it on there as well every little bit helps me out and you guys are an outstanding audience when it comes to that so Looking ahead for the rest of the week, uh, I will be previewing the Farmers Insurance Open for golf uh, when DraftKings has their salaries for that go live. Uh, And then I will also be previewing the conference championship round of NFL playoff action later on in the week as well. And in between, there will be college basketball episodes. So if you're here for the DFS college basketball, you are in the right spot. We will be covering that pretty much any day that there's not a golf or an NFL event to cover. We'll be talking college basketball here on Mike's Money Picks. All right, so... If you are here for college basketball, I strongly encourage you to branch out and play the other sports, but if you're just here for college basketball, I appreciate that you're here. So let's get a quick word from our friends at Anchor, and then let's break down this three-game slate. So we've got three pretty intriguing matchups here on Monday night. The Kansas at Baylor game, the game total in that one is 149 points, which leads this slate. In second place is New Mexico at Nevada with a total of 147.5. According to Kempom, New Mexico is the fastest team that is playing on the slate. However, Nevada is ranked fourth in tempo on this slate, so um, not exactly the fastest team available. So that one is only at 147.5. And then Duke at Virginia Tech, the total is 138.5 in that one. So we don't have any real rock fights on this slate, but we also don't really have any run and gun games either so I think if you're stacking um, you can I guess avoid the Duke and Virginia Tech game if you want to but I think the other two are fairly equal in terms of stackability um, with how those two teams play Um, Kansas and Baylor are both fairly high tempo they're second and third on this slate in tempo but New Mexico is the overall fastest team all right so let's break down the guard position before we move on to the forwards so Baylor's Keontae George and Adam Flagler have been price adjusted. They were really overpriced last week, in my opinion, and you did not see them in any of my lineups or any of my picks last week for that reason. I just didn't think that um, they would be able to hit value from where they were at, and now they're at a more appropriate price for their production. However, I do not think that this spot against Kansas is the best spot for a guard. Kansas's weakness so far in Big 12 season has been defending interior and defending big men, and so I kind of don't necessarily think either those two guys are the ones that can benefit from that. And Baylor doesn't really have a true scoring big like an Eddie Lampkin or Keontae Johnson of Kansas State that can take advantage of that. So I don't know, maybe it is George and Flagler that can take advantage of that getting to the rim. Between the two of them, I would say Keontae George is the one that's more likely to do that. Um, And also, I would like to add these two guys are stackable together. There's been four games this season where they both hit four times value for their current salaries. So they are both capable of getting to where you need them to in terms of value. Between the two, 
I would probably prefer Keontae George over Adam Flagler. I think George has a little more upside, and I think that he will be seeing the weaker defenders of Kansas. Really, you don't want the guy that's going to be guarded by Kevin McCullough, and I don't think that that's going to be Keontae George, so I think he is the guy that I would prefer to play between the two of them. Now, looking further down the board, J1 House of New Mexico is one of my favorite options on the slate. He feels like a bit of a misprice checking in at $8,000. Nevada has given up 70 points in four straight games, and New Mexico has implied 72 points in this game. And when New Mexico gets the 70, J1 House has been pretty good. He's looking at the whole season. He has only been under 25 fantasy points twice, and he's been over 40 fantasy points five times all season. Just a super solid, consistent option. I like him in all formats, cash games, or GPPs. Looking at Virginia Tech, in my opinion, Sean Padula lacks the upside for me to want to pay up this much to get him. I think he's a little overpriced, and I don't think he has um, enough like capability of a big performance to worthy to be worthy of this price tag. He's got two games all season where he's been over five times value, and that's just not what we're looking for. If you're playing a guy, especially in a GPP, you want the ability to get to that five times value number, and he just hasn't hit it yet. Now, another one of my favorite plays of the night is Keenan Blackshear of Nevada. Nevada is implied 75 points in this game, and he averages 33 fantasy points in games where Nevada gets to 75. This is a major tempo up game for Nevada as they're playing New Mexico, one of the fastest teams in the country, and Keenan Blackshear is Nevada's distributor. Distributing guards do better in up-tempo games because you're getting out on the break more, you're getting more assists, and just more possessions means more opportunities for them to handle the ball. So I really like this spot for Keenan Blackshear. He is one of my absolute favorite plays of the night regardless of position. Now, between Kansas's guards, Grady Dick, Kevin McCullough, and Dewan Harris, my preference would be Grady Dick. He has shown more upside between the other two, and he's had more consistent usage as of late. Uh, McCullough and Harris just kind of been a little bit inconsistent lately. Harris has even kind of ceded a little bit of minutes to Bobby Pettiford, and I, I don't know, just the way things are going with Kansas, I kind of, when I'm building a lineup, I would like to keep it between Jalen Wilson and Grady Dick. I probably wouldn't um, go with McCullough or Harris at this point unless they show me a little something in this game that can have me more faithful for them heading into the future. Now, the good news about DFS is that sentiment is probably going to be held by a lot of people. So you're probably going to get a low-owned, high-upside option with McCullough and with Harris. But like I said, I think there's better options on the board. And there's guys further down the board in salary that I like as well. In all honesty, the 5K range in this little three-game slate is kind of the range where I see myself kind of sitting in when it comes to the guard spot. There's a lot of value in this 5K range. You've got Jared Lucas, who is Nevada's leading scorer in a major tempo up game for Nevada. You've got LJ Cryer of Baylor, who has five games this season over 25 fantasy points. He's shown us that upside. He has the capability of getting hot from the floor. And then you have Hunter Couture of Virginia Tech, who's coming back from injury, and I feel like he is underpriced. And Maybe you remember from last year, but he absolutely lit Duke up in the ACC tournament, and I think he could absolutely do it again Monday night. Now, in terms of the Duke guards that are in this range, and really all of the range, I would prefer Jeremy Roach. Like, he came back from injury uh, against Miami. He played on Saturday, and he was immediately their guy again, the guy handling the ball, the guy running the show, the guy that is the floor general. And so I would prefer him over all the other options when it comes to the Duke guards, and I think he's sitting at a very nice value there in the 5K range. So in terms of building the lineup, 
like I said, there's a lot of options in that 5K range. I think you can find two or three of those guys, and that will allow you to pay up for another 8K guard. And even if you wanted to pair that with Jalen Wilson as a forward, I think that those 5K guards could give you a little bit of leverage to do that. You just got to find a little bit of value at the forward position also. Now, enough about the forward position, though. Let's talk about the 4K range and below. My main interest in the 4Ks and below is in the New Mexico guys. That is Jenkins, Dent, and Johnson. Aside from those three, it's a lot of inconsistency and a lot of variance in terms of minutes and rotations. Um, there are three that I think are worth mentioning. Jacob Grandison of Duke might be worth a dart throw. He had 16 fantasy points on Saturday against Miami, and that was with Jeremy Roach back. So I think that out of all the Duke guards, he's kind of the one that plays the best with Roach. They're both veterans. They're, they've both been around the block and played in big games. So I think he might be worth a look there under $4,000. MJ Collins of Virginia Tech is pretty regularly seeing 20-plus minutes. And I don't know, call me crazy, but a guy getting 20-plus minutes, I mean, it's kind of worth a look at that price tag as low as he is on the board. And then for Baylor, they seem to have kind of a, um, a takeover in their rotation. Langston Love seems to have taken over Dale Bonner's spot in their rotation. And so I think Langston Love is worth a look. Dale Bonner, I know his game log looks pretty nice until recently, but like it's because his spot's been taken. So um, I would lean Langston Love a Baylor if you were looking down that far on the board. All right, so that does it for the guard position. Let's take a quick breather and then switch it on up and talk about the forwards. So if we're talking about the forward position, we got to start it at the very top of the board and talk about Jalen Wilson of Kansas, who is legitimately a National Player of the Year candidate right now. Side note, I feel like every game of a broadcast where there is uh, a Zach Eady or an Oscar Sheboy or Jalen Wilson, when there's somebody who's getting player of the year buzz, I feel like the analyst on that game has to go out of their way and kind of make an argument for why they should be national player of the year. You're going to see it tomorrow night if you watch the Kansas game, I'm sure. But it's funny how every analyst, like when they're commenting that team, they kind of feel like they have to make an argument for that guy. It's just an interesting trend I'm noticing. So we'll see if they do it tomorrow night for Kansas. I'm sure it's going to be, since it's a Big 12 game, I'm sure it's going to be Fran for Schiller on the call, and I'm sure he's going to argue for Jamie Wilson. Anyway, he is clearly the number one option at this slate at the forward position. He averages over four times value for his current salary, and he has the highest ceiling. He has the highest single game total of any forward on this slate. Like, I just can't think of enough good things to say about Jalen Wilson. I think that Baylor, like, they're going to be able to match his athleticism with who guards him, but they're not going to be able to contain him. Like, I think he will be able to get his own shot. I think he will be able to operate at a high level offensively. And I just... I, th I think he's a guy you got to pay up for tomorrow. He's going to be highly owned. Yes, I get that. But when a guy has simultaneously a high ceiling and a high floor and like his team's one of the higher scoring teams on the slate, I mean, he's going to be high owned and for high owned for good reason. So I definitely don't mind going to Jalen Wilson on Monday night slate. Now, Looking further down the board, Duke has really started playing through freshman Kyle Filipowski. He's hit over four times value in four straight games, and two of those four games have been over five times value. But Virginia Tech is not a great matchup for big men. Both Clemson's Hunter Tyson and Dayton's Deron Holmes, two very good players, have been held under 30 fantasy point by Virginia Tech. And so, I don't know, like... Do I trust the talent of Filipowski, or am I worried about that interior defense? Like, I I think it could go either way on this one. The bottom line is if you want to pay up for Wilson, you're not going to pay up for Filipowski. And if you're not going to pay up for Wilson, I think Filipowski does provide you a lot of leverage with a little bit of upside, but he's carrying a little bit of risk as well going up against the good interior defense of Basili and Mutz of Virginia Tech. Now, speaking of Basili and Mutz of Virginia Tech, between the two of them, I would prefer Justin Mutz. 
Looking at Duke's game on Saturday against Miami, Norchad Omir of Miami had a really big game against Duke, and Mutz fits that profile of kind of an undersized but athletic and skilled big who has the ability to not start underneath the basket but get to the basket and operate in the pick and roll as well. I think Mutz is in a good spot, and I think that if you're not playing Filipowski, I think that it makes sense to play Mutz because, you know, maybe – it's a little bit of a leverage play that if Filipowski isn't playing well, it's because Mutz is playing well and he's owning the boards and he's gotten Filipowski in foul trouble. Um, you know, just kind of correlation like that. So I think if you are paying down from Wilson and Filipowski, Mutz is a really solid option on this slate. Looking a little further down the board, Morris Udizi of New Mexico feels like a misprice to me. Um, when you look at that game log, you look at that production and that usage rate, he simply should be higher up priced up there with um, probably about the same as Justin Mutz and Kyle Filipowski, if I'm being honest. However, Nevada is a tougher matchup to big men than his recent opponents, with the exception of San Diego State. Um, but I tell you what, the fact that he had a good game against San Diego State, who's notoriously really stingy on the inside, you know, they've got Mensa down there protecting the rim. Like the fact that he had a good game against them makes me think he can have a good game against anybody. And so I feel like that these Mountain West guys, these New Mexico and these Nevada guys are probably going to go a little bit under-owned. And I think that Morris Daisy's in a really good spot in terms of leverage to play him on this slate. However, like I said, though, if you want to pay up for Wilson, which like is a really good spot for Jalen Wilson, you're probably not going to be able to pay up for Udizi as well. So you kind of got to make your choice. But I think that the leverage is going to be there to play Udizi. I think it's Udizi. Udizi? Udizi? I'm going with Udizi. Anyway, next guy on the board that I do want to talk about is Jalen Bridges of Baylor. He may be able to continue the streak of big men who have big nights against Kansas. Like I mentioned, in Big 12 play, we've seen bigs like Keontae Johnson and Eddie Lampkin have really good nights from the floor against Kansas. I think Jalen Bridges could be the guy that could continue that. If he doesn't, Flo Thamba, who sounds like a cousin of Mo Bamba, um, he could be a guy that could also continue that streak as well. Um, those are really the two main Baylor bigs who are playing and have actually any ability to score. So those two guys will be guys that I would definitely look to see if I can fit into my lineups. Now, the Nevada bigs are three really solid options in the 5Ks and the 4K range. Will Baker has the most upside. He was a big-time recruit coming into Texas, and he's really flashing that talent now that he's at Nevada. Really, when he was at Texas, the only thing that prevented him from seeing the floor more was like decision-making like it wasn't ever talent like he's a big guy and he can operate on the low block he can shoot the three he can play defense like he's just he's a really talented player but like he would just do dumb stuff in the games that he was at Texas like just have these very moronic turnovers and fouls and take threes and inopportune times and now that he's at Nevada he's really flourishing he's got a lot of upside like I said he's got four games this season where he's been over 33 fantasy points and anytime you got a guy in the 5K range that has the ability to get to 30 regularly, that's a really good look. Uh, Nick Davidson of the Nevada Bigs is the most consistent. He's at 18.8 fantasy points or more in four of his last five games. And for a guy in the 5K range, we'll kind of live with that. Like, that's not a super high total. That's not four times value, but like, we'll live with that. Like, that's not going to kill you on any slate. And it makes it for a solid option in a cash game by the fact that he is getting consistent minutes and consistent production. Trey Coleman is the third Nevada big that plays, and um, he's the cheapest of the three of them. So if you're looking to fade Baker and Davidson, Coleman does give you a little bit of upside for lower price. Now, all season long, I've been on here saying to bet on talent with these Duke freshmen, and Derek Lively II is really starting to put it together. I think he's a particularly underpriced player on this slate. He's got 15 fancy points in three straight games, which is not a whole lot, but he had 28.5 in his last game against an undersized Miami team. And... 
I kind of think this is another good spot for him, right? Like bet on talent, trust talent. I would rather be early on the guy who's very talented than late. And so I think he's a guy that you can definitely play in your lineups tomorrow. He might have a big game. He might not. But the talent is there to put it all together and do what he did against Miami, which was 28.5 fantasy points. Now, there are no real punt plays from the bigs on this one. Um, and really, looking at these six teams, there's no real like big-time injuries that we need to monitor. Like There's nobody who's questionable. There's no like big rotation player who's out. Like It's a very straightforward slate with not really a whole lot of like super obvious value plays. So it's going to be real interesting to see how lineup building goes on this slate. If you are curious to see how I start my build, I mentioned all these guys here on the podcast, but who am I actually playing in my lineups? Head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. I share all of my DFS picks for college basketball, NFL, golf, and more there on the Patreon. Um, and if you want some extra stats and facts that I don't always get to here on the podcast, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. If I don't do a daily episode for college basketball, I usually do a breakdown on Twitter of some of my favorite plays on the slate, some of the stats that I um, come across in my research, just stuff that will help you kind of get more knowledgeable about the slate if I don't do a podcast episode on it. So um, like I said, follow me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. I'm also more than happy to answer any lineup or start sit questions that you might have there on the Twitter. Holy crap, I sounded old saying the Twitter. Never going to do that again. All right, anyway, that does it for the preview of the Monday Night Slate, guys. Like I said, if you're listening on one of our new platforms, Apple, Google, or iHeartRadio, please rate and subscribe. It helps me out a great bit. Please help get the word out. I'm trying to grow this audience bit by bit. And believe it or not, our college basketball audience is growing week by week. Last week, we averaged 30% more listeners than the week before, which is great. It's outstanding. I'm really happy about it. You guys are the best. So keep getting the word out. Um, And if you're on one of those new platforms, rate, subscribe, review. It really helps me out a lot. All right. Anyway, best of luck to you guys in all your DFS endeavors. Thank you guys for listening, and I will see you all next time. (music) 